Chapter Twenty Four of No Quarter. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. No Quarter by Thomas Maine Reed. Chapter Twenty Four on the bridge the river avon bisecting the city of bristol was spanned by a bridge one of those quaint structures of the olden time with a narrow causeway high tete de pont and houses along each side there were shops and dwellings with a church of rare architectural style and rarer proportions being but twenty-one feet in width while over seventy in length a conspicuous and important part did this bridge of bristol play in the political action of the time for it was invested with a political character creditable too the dwellers upon it the bridgemen as called being all warm partisans of the parliament as a consequence it was a favorite assembling place for the citizens so disposed especially in evening hours after the day's work had been done though dark and keenly cold that seventh of march night it did not deter a number of them from congregating as was their wont about the bridge's head to talk over the news and events of the day with the prospects and probabilities for the morrow the fervor of their patriotism rendered them regardless of personal discomfort or exposure just as one may see at a political meeting in the present time the thronging thousands packed thick as mackerels in a barrel standing thus for hours up till midnight a morning if leave be allowed them eagerly listening to hear words of truth and promise with the hope of the promise being fulfilled i know no more pleasing or grander spectacle than that to be witnessed from a liberal platform a sea of faces the faces of the people by their expression giving proof of man's natural inclinings to what is good and right and abhorrence of what is wicked and wrong nor can i conceive any shabbier spectacle than the crowd which usually displays itself before a platform where toryism is preached for there assemble all who are the foes of liberty the enemies and oppressors of mankind among the friends of liberty that night gathered upon the bridge of bristol were several men armed and wearing uniform soldiers though not belonging to any regiment of a regular army volunteers they were a force then 
for the first time heard of in england taking the place of the militia or trained bands they were on guard with a young officer in command one who afterwards made name and fame in the annals of his country and his sword sharply felled by his enemies for it was captain john birch the merchant soldier the writers of the restoration have flung their defiling mud at this brave man which did not stick however by representing him as of humble birth and mean calling a common carrier the driver of a pack-horse stigmas similar to that cast at cromwell the brewer of huntingdon but it should be remembered that in those days trade was not deemed degrading and if here and there aristotic noses were turned up at it here and there also aristotic people took a hand in it what were the conningsbys those types of the cavalier idea but soap boilers and soap chandlers holding a monopoly from the king for the making and selling of this useful commodity as for john birch he was neither base-born nor of humble occupation instead engaged in honorable merchandise and for the times on a somewhat extensive scale his correspondence extant so far from proving him coarse or illiterate shows both refinement and education beyond most of his contemporaries soldier or civilian even superior to that of the king himself in intelligence and courage few were his equals while as a partisan leader he is entitled to first place some of his speech in the guerrilla line reading more like the fictions of troubadour romance one of the earliest and most ardent espousers of the parliamentary cause he had enrolled this company of bristol volunteers most of them bridgemen with a detail of whom on the bridge itself he was now keeping guard not so much against an outside enemy but one within the city's walls bristol was full of cavalier officers prisoners in its jails but many of them freely circulating through the streets on parole ready to break it if they but saw the chance and some of them to their eternal disgrace actually did though it failed to disgrace them in the eyes of their royal master who rather the more favored them after as with vavasseur promoting them to higher command the treason not only winked at but fostered by the deposed governor now in the prison of berkeley castle had not all been trodden out 
but was still rampant and ready to raise its hydra head so that colonel nathaniel Faines had his hands full in keeping it under but he could not have had a better man to help him than john birch the young captain of volunteers was especially prepared for this duty since he had himself suffered from the late governor's delinquency the insult of having been placed under arrest so tempered to vigilance if not revenge he held guard upon the bridgehead watchful and wary carefully scrutinizing all who passed over it while thus engaged he saw a party approaching of such singular composition as to attract him more than common little man with a wooden leg tall woman nearly twice the man's height between the two a donkey with pair of panniers jack winnie and jinkum if birch was not himself a pack-horse carrier in his capacity of trading merchants he was well acquainted with all the country routes and the modes of traffic and transit thereon at a glance he took in the character of the cagers saw they were rustics fresh from the country and by the direction from which they were approaching concluded they must have made entry at the gate toward gloucester on the bridge there was light in plenty both from lamps and shops and as they came close a scrutiny of their features gave the sharp-witted captain an idea that they too were quick of wit especially the woman she looked like one who did not tramp the roads without seeing what was to be seen and hearing all that could be heard one moreover capable of forming a correct estimate of how things stood social political or military if from gloucester or even berkeley she or the man might have picked up some scrap of news worth extracting from them stepping out into the middle of the causeway he confronted the cager party and brought it to a stop with the interrogation whence come you my worthy people schlegroster your honour responded jack spokesman by right of sex and seniority and what's your business in bristol only our regular business sir as ye see us be cagers but your panniers appear to be empty said the officer peeping into and giving them a shake how was that the question was awkward nonplussing jerky and the second time calling for an explanation from his sister who however promptly vouchsafed it ye see master us be come to bristol to take back some things gloucester way and far ayant us belong to the forest adine 
ah all that way off and when left you the forest country a good week agone your honor jerky giving the response at least that i should say rejoined the officer with a look at the wooden leg well you must have seen and met many people upon the road especially between this and gloucester can you tell me whether he ceased speech abruptly seeing it was overheard by the street passengers who attracted by the oddness of the group had begun to gather round it he was about to demand of the cagers sotto voce where they intended putting up with a view to further conference when a man of herculean stature soldier in cavalry uniform made appearance inside the circle of bystanders going straight up to the woman and speaking some words as one who had familiar acquaintance with her ah sergeant wild said the volunteer officer you know these people do you i ought to captain all of us were born and brought up in the forest of dean not very far apart enough said or rather thought birch who after a whispered word with the colossal trooper gave permission for the cadger party to pass on over the bridge rob went with them soon as beyond earshot of the crowd saying dear win i had got leave o guard duty for the whole of an hour captain trevor coined back to the gate most the minute he left it when i told him who'd pass through it war rob go and see to their being stowed in comfortable quarters kind of him warn't it deed it war answered win but without thinking it strange her woman's instinct told her the why and wherefore of captain trevor's kindness jerky seemed less satisfied than either of the other two for a reason he knew of equally known to his sister that detention on the bridge's head had been torture to him it might forfeit the reward promised and expected she cared less for it hers already gained in having her beloved rob once more by her side the two talking of old things and times might have lagged upon the way had jack given them time and opportunity which he did not on the contrary urging greater haste than ever while persuading jinkum to make still better speed by a multiplication of gee-ups and a storm of solid swacks administered by the cudgel but they had not reached the bird in the bush were scarce beyond the sight of the people who saw them depart from the bridge when he who had just held speech with them was accosted by one whose speech and air told that she too 
for it was a woman had a secret to communicate but unlike the cageress wanted was impatient to reveal it and altogether unlike the latter otherwise was the new applicant for converse with captain birch so far as could be seen of her for she was cloaked and hooded but when the hood was pushed back so that she could herself see and speak freely a face was revealed beautiful and of delicate outlines unmistakably that of a lady that she was not unknown to the young volunteer officer might be told from the start of surprise at seeing her still better proof of her being acquainted in the words she addressed to him spoken in panting haste and excitedly he had said interrogatively what brought you hither marian to get for response you john your life's in danger how from what treason even now at this minute there are conspirators armed and ready to start out into the streets with a cry for the king but where some in the house of yeomans others at bowshers they have expectation of help from the outside that's why they're gathered now how do you know it marian don't ask me john god help me to think my own father is one of them my brother too but your life is dearer to me than either and you will lose it if you don't listen to my warning dearest marian i not only listen to but believe in it more i'll take instant action to stop this conspiracy you speak of trust me for that she could trust him and did saw that to leave him unfettered and free for the action intended she should no longer remain there and pulling the hood down over her face though not till after two pairs of lips had met under it she lightened the cloak around her shoulders and hurried away from the bridgehead heart full of sweet thoughts thrilled by them the young merchant soldier stood looking after the graceful figure till it waned and was lost in the dim light of distant lamps no wonder he should so long continue his gaze she was one of bristol's fairest daughters daughter too of one of its richest merchants and proudest her father a man who would have seen her hurled from the parapet of that bridge and drowned in avon's stream rather than know of her having stood upon its head and said what she had said to john birch whatever the reflections of john birch himself about this jealously guarded daughter they seemed to pass away soon as she was out of sight though not the warning she had given this was 
with him still and so vividly realistic he lost not a moment in acting upon it a word or two with his sergeant of guard orders earnestly enjoined and away went he from the bridge with face turned toward the castle and step hurried as man could make almost a run End of chapter twenty four